North Idaho News of the Week is brought to you in part by Evergreen Realty, commercial and residential property listings. Online at evergreen-realty.com. tuned in to KRFY. This is Panhandle Community Radio and it's North Idaho News of the Week for Friday, February 16th. I'm Jack Peterson and I'm here as usual with Chris Bessler. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Jack. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Mm -hmm. Beautiful sunny day out there. It is. Perfect day for uh, kicking off the winter carnival, I would say. Not raining. It's, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's that's nice. Although it will be a bit cool tonight. Yeah, that's true. But we can always wear a jacket. Uh, the also joining us this morning, Max Oswald. Max is the sports reporter for the Bonner County Daily Bee, the the sports editor, I should say, uh, the sportsman. How are how are you there? <laughs> that works. Good morning, yeah. Jack. Good morning, Max. Nice to have you here. Uh, we'll be talking winter sports uh, after a brief rundown of the local news, and I'll start with this headline item: possible asbestos discovered at Sandpoint Middle School. Um, students are attending classes remotely. Actually, now they are, the middle school students have now moved into the high school, and the high school students have made way for them, and the high school students are attending classes remotely uh, because of a, the, the, they were <clears throat> fixing the second waterline leak in three months at Sandpoint Middle School. This time it was outside the lunchroom on Tuesday, the 13th. And staff discovered what could be asbestos insulation in the ceiling. All students after thereafter attended Wednesday classes online and then moved into the high school. And the high school students are attending their classes online. Uh, it looks like results from the test that the abatement team uh, ran will be back on Monday. If the building's deemed safe, students will be back in the school on Tuesday. Uh, there you go. There will be a special board meeting on Wednesday if the results are not conclusive. It's going to be a real problem yeah. if, uh, if that is asbestos because um, they, I can't imagine they'll be able to have classes in that building. <laughs> yeah. Um, the r- risk of, for those who aren't aware, asbestos causes mesothelioma and other lung-related problems later on if you're exposed to it in quantities. So... Uh, ordinarily, if it's left undisturbed, not a problem. But once it's disturbed, it gets into the air and causes long-term health problems. Uh, Bonner County Magistrate Judge Lori Muhlenberg has announced her plans to retire. Uh, the First Judicial District Magistrates Commission will be meeting in May to approve her replacement. Here in Sandpoint, the city is going to host an open house on the 5th and Pine Stoplight Project. Uh, this is a major kind of long-term uh, point of discussion and sometimes contention. Members of the public are invited to attend the open house, which are which is taking place in two drop-in sessions from noon to 1 p.m. And uh, 
5 to 7 p.m. with city staff on hand to answer questions. That's on the 22nd, I believe. Uh, yes, it put, is February 22nd, City you. Hall. Um, and uh, to, uh, the project here is to move the stoplight that's currently at Church and Fifth, one block down, to Pine and Fifth, mm-hmm. and then restore that one block section of Pine that's one way right now, it would be turned back into two way. Um, and that's all this particular project is about. Some folks are seeing it as part of the larger idea of. Um, kind of reinvigorating the the curve, which mm-hmm. would be a big, much larger project. But uh, this particular project is just moving that light, which seems like a good idea to restore Pine to two-way. I would personally second that opinion because, yeah, yeah it, it is very odd right now that just one block section that's one way only causing traffic to kind of divert, yeah, go, go around the block to get, back to uh, the route they were going on. If they're and going then, to Priest River or out, yeah. or out that part of town, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's Thursday if people want to hit that open house to learn more about that, 5 to 7 p.m. at City Hall. Uh, at the county commissioner's meeting, Chairman Luke Amit was absent. I think he was out. I, I, I don't recall where he was, but he was not at the meeting, which left just two commissioners present. Uh, the meeting ended after... Three minutes, Commissioner Williams um, proposed adding public comment to the agenda. Bradshaw uh, made a motion to adopt the agenda as it stood without adding public comment. District 2 Commissioner Asia Williams did not second that motion, and the agenda not being approved, the meeting could not continue and ended at 9.03 a.m., three minutes after it started. Perhaps it was a merciful thing. Could be. <laughs> the way those I, meetings have been going, yeah. That's, yes, uh, indeed. Uh, a couple of new candidates that I don't think we mentioned, I think they just announced a week ago after our show last week. Uh, Karen Matthew and Catherine Larson have announced campaigns for District 1 House seats, both of them running as Democrats, uh, currently running unopposed in what will be the Democratic Party primary in May. Uh, but then to feet to face in November the winner of the contested Republican primaries in both of those House seats. Um, brief State House news: uh, Megan Blanksma was ousted last week. She was the majority leader. I don't think we mentioned that on our program last Friday. But there is now a new majority leader, Jason Monks of Meridian, um, Speaker Mike Moyle, and the rest of the representatives. Representative leadership, or Republican leadership, was retained uh, in the Idaho House. Um, Blanksma was kind of the only member of leadership that seemed to have, how do you say it, uh, different opinions and was a proponent of Idaho Launch, the Governor Littles, Littles Project for Education, and uh, opposed Moyle in that, uh, on, on that topic and she has been uh, removed from her leadership position, but still, of course, is in the state house uh, representing her district. Um, that's the big news that I have. Got anything? Uh, anything else? What did I miss? There, well, Chris? let's see. Uh, the county has announced that they're uh, finding new ways to help ensure landowners are being accurately assessed ah. for their property taxes. The department's been working with the county's GIS department. To, they're going to use aerial imagery to 
to look for possible structures on prop on properties that do not have the right permits. So they're going to be using satellite imagery to take a look at um, the properties in the county, and if they see a new building pop up that doesn't have a permit, then I imagine they would swing into an enforcement mm-hmm. or compliance mode there. So uh, just a heads up for property <laughs> owners. Uh-huh. So it's kind of kind of hard to hide from the eye in the sky if you're uh, building new things. Get a get a uh, permit for it. I wonder. Yeah. And, I mean, and we they, actually have very low permitting requirements in uh, this county anyways. Right. We just need a building location permit. Yeah. That's pretty much all. Yeah. Um, I kind of wonder, I wonder what they're going to find. I wonder if they're, if how, how uh, out of compliance we are here in Bonner County. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, okay. With that, there there is plenty of more news, but we want to make sure we have time for the important winter sports update. So with that, maybe we should turn to Max. Uh and before we mention all the uh, all the good news, let's talk about the uh, Sandpoint High School girls basketball team, which was, to me anyway, surprisingly defeated last weekend. We were kind of expecting when we uh, decided this was going to be a good weekend to talk to you that uh, they'd be in the middle of the state tournament right now, but they didn't make the cut. Yeah, I think we all thought so, but just not how the chips fell this year, and Hey, at the end of the day, um, the girls still finished 18-3 and three on the regular season, and although not 100% official, I do believe it is the best regular season record that Sandpoint Girls Basketball has ever had in program history. Um, if you take into account last year, they had 20 wins, but they had three of those wins in the state tournament, so last year they had 17 yeah. in the regular season. Man, this team was really fun to watch this year, and I don't know if you... Have heard of Carly Banks, but yeah, she's heard of her, yeah. definitely the star of the team. And wow, um, senior this year, so she won't be returning. But what, what was her scoring average? Eighteen point six points per game, six point six rebounds. Uh, she also was averaging a steal and a half and a block. But during that district tournament, tournament versus Lakeland in the first game, which Sam Point won in the district one two best of three series, she had. 24 points, 10 rebounds, 5 blocks. And in that second game, uh, which Sandpoint fell, she had 18 points, 13 rebounds, I think 3 blocks. And then she was held to only 7 in the last game. Uh, Lakeland, throughout the year, they were really able to figure us out. And uh, their full court court press, um, you know, it was just really hard to get into the offense. And uh, Lakeland actually beat Bishop Kelly in the first round of the 4A state championship yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lakeland, our old, very legit. Our old nemesis down there in Boise, it seems, Bishop yeah. Kelly is. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and we had, uh, the girls had beaten Lakeland twice during the regular season mm-hmm. um, coming into this. And uh, I don't know, I think we kind of expected that they'd roll to it. But Lakeland, as you said, must have figured them out. Yeah, yeah I think if you look at the Max Preps rankings and this is what Will Love told me as well that they were uh, they had the seventh uh, best record versus strength of schedule in, in the entire state, mm-hmm. and so you know whoever, uh, like Will said as well, you know whoever was going to come from the north uh, was going to represent well, and I do believe Lakeland faces Shelley today, who is the number one seed, so that should be an interesting game. See how they and I think fare. You said earlier that Shelley was actually undefeated to this point. Yeah. Shelley is the only team in Idaho. That is undefeated 
um, out of all classifications. I believe they're 23 or 24 and 0, one of the two. Mm-hmm. Well, good, good luck to Lakeland, representing the North well. <laughs> how was, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, were they close games? How, was it, how, how did the, those actual, the, the contest with Lakeland, how did that actually shape up? They were close. I know in the uh, game three, it was forty-five to uh, forty-three to thirty-five, and um, in the matchup before that, don't have the score this, handy. Uh, I'm looking at it, forty-three, forty-seven. So they That's won right. by four there. Yeah, we were actually in that forty-seven, forty-three victory by Lakeland. We were actually leading seventeen to two early in the second quarter, but the Hawks mounted the comeback. Hmm. Actually, went on a twenty-six to five run between the second and third quarters. It was. It was quite the tale of, you know, mm. two, not two halves exactly, but. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, that's two why stories. we like to watch sports, though. These unexpected things happen. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, right. You make a field goal with three seconds on the clock or whatever, and suddenly we're in overtime. Yeah. Uh, if, let's see. Well, what what shall we talk about next? Should we move on uh well, to... Priest River basketball yeah. is having a really good season. Yeah, Priest River <clears throat> girls basketball. Um, they went eleven and nine, which was actually their best record since the 2015-2016 season when they were fourteen and ten. So definitely wanted to give them a little shout out. They uh, fell to Kellogg in the district um, third place match. They needed to uh, beat Kellogg to go to a state play in. Uh, Kellogg just beat Ambrose in the state play-in, 64-27, and then Kellogg was a number eight seed. They lost to Grangeville, 62-43 yesterday in the first round. They'll play in the consolation bracket now, but Priest River lost to Kellogg in their first three meetings, so the teams met four times. They lost by an average of 25 points, and then in that last final game of the season, Priest River only lost by eight. It was 39-31, so... Spartans were pretty close to that uh, state playing game this mm-hmm. season. They do have, I believe, they will be graduating five or six seniors. Um, but it was fun uh, going over there when I could and watching them this year. Um, you know, they have some really good basketball players over there in West Bonner County. Boys team, pretty good as well. Um, kind of roll into the boys team. They they just recently lost on a buzzer beater by Timberlake, uh, 55-54. That was uh, Tuesday night. But earlier in the season, Priest River beat Timberlake for the first time in a while, uh, 51-50. I wasn't able to be there, but I did see uh, the footage of Palmer Coleman hitting a half-court shot to win it. Oh, really? And, wow, that was fun. Um, I, I think their entire starting lineup is either is mostly sophomores and maybe a junior, but... This Priest River Boys team uh, is going to be pretty good in the years to come. How about uh, Sandpoint Boys Basketball? Sandpoint Boys Basketball finished the regular season 9-11. and 11, And um, nine wins is actually the most we've had for uh, the boys team in a bit. And they will play the District 1-2 play-in game versus Lakeland. That'll be at Lakeland on President's Day at 6 o'clock. And we uh, boys basketball did beat Lakeland um, one time earlier this year in the regular season, and we also lost to them once. Moscow definitely the favorite to win, even if we were to win the play-in game. But um, 
again, this boys basketball team, we have one senior, a uh, couple of juniors, and then it's all sophomores and freshmen. We actually have two freshmen in the starting lineup. Uh, they've been really good this year, actually, those freshmen, Derek Chamberlain and Knox Williams. Uh, they've really performed well, and also... Parker Jones and Emmerich Jones, uh, Parker Childs and Emmerich Jones, they they really lead the team in scoring. Scoring, if I had to uh, guess to me, they them two probably combine for forty points a game every mm. single game. Mm. Mm. Um, the how do you like their chances? I guess coming up. And I think they're an underrated team, yeah. and uh, you know we we handled Lakeland pretty well in the first meeting of the year. Um, It'll it'll depend what team comes out for sure, mm. but I think we have a very good shot of beating Lakeland. And um, in our second meeting, we did follow them at Battle for the Paddle, um, that was at Lakeland this year. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of wondered if the Lakeland home crowd got to us in that one because we were, uh, I think we were leading by a little bit in the third, but it kind of got away from us. It was, you know, we're we're mm. always really close with Lakeland, and definitely think we have a shot uh, to pull out that play-in game and then face Moscow in the. Uh, best of three series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the boys have some good size. They got a bunch of guys that are six five and six four. Mm-hmm. I'd say I think Derek Chamberlain, who's a freshman, six five or six six, and then Emmerich Jones, he can shoot it from anywhere. He can play the, he can play everywhere. He probably more of a small forward, power forward, but he's about six four. And um, I know Parker Child scored twenty eight points for his quarter lane earlier this season, and. Uh, I believe six of those were three pointers, so eighteen of those points come from behind the arc. If he, if he can get hot, he can really score the basketball. Um, he also leads the team in assists. Uh, a great player and same points only senior. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that bodes well for next year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think I said this to someone yesterday. Yesterday, I said pre-server boys, Sandpoint boys, and a next year, a couple of years, that's going to be a really, really good matchup mm-hmm. right here in Bonner County. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Clark Fork, the girls' basketball, won the district title, uh, lost it to in the state play into Rockland. Um, how about uh, the Clark Fork boys' basketball team? Yeah, Clark Fork boys, um, they just beat Kellogg's JV yesterday. Uh, 63-31. They're 11-6 and six on the year, undefeated in the North Star League. And, well, they they've beat the other teams in the North Star League pretty handily. Uh, definitely the favorites to win the district title. I believe they beat Mullen 69-20 and 74-16. Wow. <laughs> and then they beat Kootenai 75-31 and 73-35. Yeah. So whatever team they end up facing... Uh, they're probably a thirty-five point favorite. <laughs> can you uh, so? Can you tell me as a somebody who doesn't follow the ins and outs of this? Mm-hmm. I mean, they seem to be. What what class are they in? And could they be in a different class if if they you know? Well, what would it take to put them into a different class? Because it seems like they're dominant in their uh, in the position right now. So they're one A D two, and that actually when everything reclassifies next year, so they'll actually be six A's in the state of Idaho mm-hmm. and there's different A's for different sports you know for example post falls is gonna be in our same division in soccer mm-hmm. and so is Lewiston mm-hmm. I, I believe yeah really so different sports are gonna have different classifications how it's, does that work 
you know, the <clears throat> athletic directors petition down in certain sports. And if they're, you know, I'm not sure what the parameters are for that, but it's definitely a lot to keep track of. And I know Lewiston's going to be in the same uh, division as us for football as well this upcoming year. Mm-hmm. As for Clark Fork, they'll be in, they're actually moving up. Mm-hmm. Um, as of now, they haven't petitioned down, but they'll they'll be in the same rankings as Genesis Prep, who's currently a classification above, uh, I believe Wallace and some other teams like that. So they'll actually be in that classification now. Um, you know, they they've I, Mullen and Kootenai will actually be in their own two team league. I believe. So so the classification isn't uh, predicated just on school size. It's supposed to be but it's not it's it's uh, it's really hard to follow and that's uh, definitely um one of the hardest parts about writing about the district and state tournaments because priest river has been historically 3a now priest mm-hmm. river competes 2a in the central idaho league with saint mary's orfino and saint mary's also used to be 3a uh, Kellogg, who also used to be 3A, all those mm-hmm. schools now going to be our 2A. So, and I believe next year they'll go back to 3A when it goes to the 6A system. So I, I don't know how all the leagues are going to shape out yet and uh-huh. for what sports, but pro- that's sort of an interesting tidbit on all of that. <laughs> Is there, I mean, so there's six, so next year there will be six different leagues. They're just, I mean, yes. this is, this is not that big a state. That seems wild to me. That because it doesn't it seem like you're just going to have like three teams playing against each other constantly. I don't know. It'll I mean, it'll be pre- pretty similar to how it is now, but yeah. there'll be a uh, team shift teams that didn't want to move up to uh-huh. like the six A, like Lewiston and football. Like they'll stay in five A, and then Sandpoint's yeah. going to be in five A. Yeah. Now, hmm. um, so the. That was the Clark Fork boys who are pretty dominant right now. And how do you think, I mean, it, it, when they do, when they shift next year, as, how's that going to change their, uh, change things for Clark Fork? It definitely depends on the sport. Um, yeah. But I think boys basketball, you know, we've, we did lose to Genesis. Two of our losses mm-hmm. this year are to Genesis Prep, mm-hmm. only by eight and 12 points. So, I mean, Genesis Prep's a team that, Clark Fork can definitely hang with, and mm-hmm. uh, where is that? You know? uh, it is in Post Falls. Okay, mm-hmm. and then Wallace. You know, Clark Fork boys beat Wallace by twenty nine earlier this season. So yeah, it's not going to be too big of a shock for something like boys basketball, but mm-hmm. for girls basketball, you know, Wallace very good. Genesis Prep pretty solid. Yeah, it'll be pretty tough. Um, Clark Fork volleyball, you know, they're really good. I think they'll you know bode well they stick in that two-way and i know football um i'm not sure how football is going to shape up but i do know cordu christ academy is actually planning on forming a team and i i'm blanking on the name of who their head coach is probably going to be for football this year they'll be in the same league as clark fork potentially not confirmed yet but Hmm. the wrestling coach used to be a longtime nfl player Hmm. Um, Hmm. i'll have to find he used to play for the rams i believe but Cordu Christ is a small little school uh, oh. formed within the last three, four, or five years in uh, Coeur d'Alene. Hmm. Well, there you go. Uh, the 
What was I going to say? The, the, so the state championship season for winter sports is is coming up. You got a. Uh, do you follow you follow it closely enough to be able to make any predictions or picks on on that on how things are going to shake out this weekend and in the next couple weekends? For uh, for girls basketball, run down the A's. Probably you know it's anyone's anyone's championship in five A. Uh, Mm-hmm. Boise's a favorite, but you know, Coeur d'Alene and Lake City. I think Coeur d'Alene's the four seed, Lake City's the two seed, and um Coeur d'Alene actually just beat Lake City fifty to thirty one in the district championship. Hmm. Um it's really anyone's I know Owehi's also pretty solid and Rigby's a three seed. Could be anyone's in five A. Uh four A, definitely Shelley's. Shelley's mm-hmm. to lose and um yeah, that's kind of all I yeah. really <laughs> would talk about about 4A. And then it's really Grangeville's to lose in 3A. Grangeville, uh, the number one seed. And that's a team that the Sandpoint girls beat earlier this season in overtime, 60-56. to 56. That game was played at the Kibbe Dome at the University of Idaho. Mm-hmm. Grangeville, really, really solid program. I, th- I think they were 21-2 and they're 21 and two right now, something like that. Mm. But uh, 2A, 1A... D1 and 1AD2. Don't really know enough about those ones, but um, I know Grace Lutheran in 1AD2 uh, beat a team 60-17 to 17 yesterday. So they well, might be Well, before we run out of time, fills mm-hmm. in on wrestling. Yeah, wrestling. I was down at uh, Timberlake yesterday for the girls' district championship, and that's among all classes. So, you know, 1A through 5A is the entire district championship. And I believe that was it, this is the first year where they've had every weight class full. So the first, you know, very big tournament. And uh, Sandpoint had two district titles, uh, won two district titles. Mackenzie Donenfeld won the 100-pound weight class. And in the 235-pound weight class, Lily Marty was crowned district champion. Uh, and they'll qualify for the state championship set to be held in Pocatello on the 23rd. And also qualifying, the top two qualified, uh... Emma Garman in the 120-pound weight class and Hunter Edmondson in the 107-pound weight class. Um, there'll be more state bids announced later this week after all the seeding uh, pans out. I know uh, Sylvia Becker placed third at 165 pounds for Sandpoint, and in fourth were Keisha Kamora at 138 pounds, and Izzy Stark was fourth at 126 mm-hmm. pounds, and Sandpoint finished second overall. Out of uh, 17 teams that fielded wrestlers. Wow. Bonner's Ferry yeah. took the title. No kidding. Mm. Yeah. Really? Bonner's Ferry did. Uh, mm-hmm. How, or have you been to any of those matches, the wrestling matches? Yeah, I've been to. So the girls don't um, normally have full duels yet. They did with mm-hmm. Bonner's Ferry because both teams have full teams in, weight, in their weight classes. Bonner's yeah. Ferry and Sandpoint are, are the biggest teams around. Uh-huh. Um, and then. I was taking photos all yesterday at Timberlake and watching those matches. I mean, man, that stuff is tough. Yeah. I got to say. Um, and Sandpoint only has... it's The entire team is freshmen. Oh, Besides, wow. okay. uh, I know Emma Garman's a junior. Might be a sophomore mixed in there, but all freshmen. And then, I believe I said last time I was on, the uh, middle school has 32 girls wrestlers, and I believe 15 of those are eighth graders. So they'll have 15 coming up next year. It's definitely going to be one of the same point. We'll have 
possibly the largest team in North mm-hmm. Idaho next year. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, how's, how's the, in, in your opinion, how is the match, how's a women's des- wrestling match or a girls wrestling match different from a boys wrestling match? Uh, I guess, is that, does it feel about the same or do you think, you know, uh, the only, it, it feels really the same to me. Yeah. Uh, the only difference I would say is, uh, the boys, you know, on the technical side of things, of course it's a little bit more advanced for yeah. on technically, but, uh-huh. You know, and and they're more prone to want to throw each other around. But mm-hmm. otherwise, not really much difference. But, yeah. man, uh, these girls for Sandpoint are really, really impressive. And mm-hmm. I really enjoyed being down there and watching mm-hmm. them. Uh, and they're kind of the, what's it called, kind of the pioneers of uh, women's wrestling here in Idaho. And mm-hmm. I'm really, really happy to see uh, what Valerie Johansson and Josh Radigan are doing with that girls program mm-hmm. early on. Yeah. So how about the boys wrestling? Boys district championship is today at uh, Sandpoint High School at 3 o'clock, and that'll be the 4A uh, district championship, so just Lakeland and Moscow. And I believe Lakeland's probably the favorite, and and, uh, we're probably favorite for runner-up. But you never know. Some upsets could happen. We have some great, great wrestlers. uh, At 126 pounds, Andrew Duke uh, could win it. These are... I'll list off uh, some names that could possibly win titles today. And mm-hmm. Andrew Duke at 126. We have Ashley Hawkins at 132. Shane Sherrill at 138. Um, Jordan Tyler, definitely the favorite at 195. And then at uh, 285, Gavin Walters. He's looked really, really impressive. Uh, he recently picked up two significant wins uh, over Cameron Gray of Lake City and um, Taylor Dodd of Bonners Ferry. So a significant win is competing against an opponent with a uh, 75% or better winning percentage that's in within a year of you. And he picked up two of those en route to a title at the Conrad Garner Invitational at Bonners Ferry. So he's looked really impressive. They all have, you know, Mm -hmm. Jordan Tyler recently picked up his 100th win. And I'm not sure what his record is now, but it's something along the lines of 30-3 and this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, and he phased off against Lakeland's 220-pound wrestler. So he moved up an entire 25 pounds in a weight class at Battle for the Paddle, and he defeated Lakeland's 220 wrestler, who is ranked second in the state. Oh, wow. I think Tyler's ranked fourth. Uh, Jordan uh, Tyler's ranked fourth in the state right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're about out of time, but I think we better mention that uh, I think you had a story on a national champion we have in town. Yeah, so... Um, Pepper Rickert, she's a freshman at uh, Sandpoint, set to make her debut this year. She hasn't even made her high school debut yet. I've already <laughs> written about her a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, national champion in doubles and then in singles. This is, this uh, is tennis. Yeah. Tennis, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. UTSA-sanctioned um, uh, U14. Hmm. And uh, she got runner-up in singles, which was not expected. She was actually unseated heading into the entire tournament. She upset the number six seed, she upset the number three seed, and then she upset the number one seed, who was actually her doubles partner, and then uh, fell to the two seed in the championship, but that was down and there. And then she came back with her doubles partner and won the championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and that was out down in uh, Claremont, yeah. California. Yeah. Really, really impressive. And uh, Sandpoint Tennis is uh, once again set to be very good this year. Um with spring sports coming up, so 
Maybe yeah, spring to talk sports. About. We got uh, we got cross country and soccer, right? Be a track and field, um, track and field uh, lacrosse, which isn't sanctioned yet, um, mm. so they compete as a club here in mm-hmm. Sandpoint. Um, what else am I missing? Wow. Baseball, got to be, right? Baseball, oh, softball. Baseball. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, okay. I just did their schedules yeah. yesterday. <laughs> yes. Um, but I, yeah. I, I, yeah, soccer was on my mind because at Sandpoint Boys have a new soccer coach. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, Dan Anderson, who was the assistant for five years of the boys program, uh, recently was hired as head coach. Um, he's actually a teacher at, um, oh, man, what's that elementary school? I can't remember. He's a teacher at one of the elementary schools mm-hmm. here. And... Um, Bonner County, and uh, he was hired. He um, he played for Western Washington University and Stanis, Stanislaus State in California during his collegiate career. Um, played semi-professionally for Bellingham United FC for a little while, and um, he actually did some... He helped develop programs in the Philippines for a couple years uh, oh, cool. as well before returning to Sandpoint. And he's been here, back here, um, for quite a bit. Actually moved here in fourth grade. He's originally born in uh, Venezuela and has lived in Guatemala and Uganda. And uh, he's quite the soccer star if you read up on his credentials back in the day. But uh, he was named like the Adidas. Idaho player mm-hmm. of the year for soccer mm-hmm. and scored over 50 goals in his high school career. And, and he's um, taken over for Tanner French, the, um, yes. the departing coach. And uh, Tanner had a successful career in his years. Yeah. He had a <laughs> great career. Um, I was definitely sad when I heard the news that he, he was leaving, but um, we weren't quite sure what his overall record was, but wow, it was. Uh, it was a really, really good winning record. Yeah, over he, he six knocked years. down some some national uh, some uh, state championships. I yes, think. yeah, and yeah. Uh, they also had a great run getting second this last year. That's right, mm-hmm. came really close. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sandpoint High School cheer team made state as well. That's right, uh-huh. and uh, was... all three of their routines: so sideline, mm-hmm. palm routine, and the all girls show routine. So all three of their routines qualified for state, uh, which will be held in Nampa on the 24th. Mm-hmm. Um, very impressive. Uh, no dance team this year, so. Huh. Um, okay. Cheer, but cheer. Yeah. Very, they, um, they've impressed that uh, they also won a tournament at Timberlake before the district championship. And uh, they were, so I believe that is called the grand champ. They were the grand champions mm-hmm. of the tournament, so. Mm-hmm. They've they've looked very impressive uh, this year. Cool. Well, as usual, time's come. Uh, Time's come and gone, actually. We're we're (laughs) over time. time here. Uh, Thank you for listening, listeners. Thank you for joining us, Max, here on North Idaho News of the Week. Um, This will be available as a podcast a little later on if you want to catch up on the whole show, if you didn't get to hear the whole thing. And... um, I think my my last note is just that it is the winter carnival is tonight. Come see the 617 foot long ski hat <laughs> that will be winding its way through downtown That's, on a that, chilly. That is a world record itself. That right? is yeah. yes, a chilly but dry, dry <laughs> is important uh, night. I think it should be a good one for a parade. Uh, that's 5:30 tonight downtown, or this afternoon, this evening downtown. Um, 
Okay, stay tuned for Auto's Eclectic Mix and uh, and the rest of our regularly scheduled programming all day here on Panhandle Community Radio.